Hello again, everybody. It's Jason Powers. I'm out at the Purdue Memorial Mall. I'm just going to sit down for a while. So today, we're going to talk about election, and uh, we're going to go back about three years um, in terms of uh, the dig that I did today. And I'll probably, I'm going to do a video with this and uh, a link citation. So it's still fresh in my memory, but it's a little foggy. I mean, I haven't got it all connected yet. But uh, this is a very conspiratorial conspiracy theory. This is an actual theory. It has nothing. I mean, I mean, I, I have, I guess you could say, a succinct feeling about it. Um, will it change anything? No. But it's an interesting. This thing, it come along with me on a ride. This is like Columbo today. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I, uh, think, uh, I think I found a lot of stuff. There's one more linkage that I'm have to explore. Um, when I say linkage, uh, an avenue. And if I can connect it back to a, uh, a conduit for the, the money, because this is always about money, uh, uh along with the, the deeds that get done, uh, the crimes that get committed. So without further ado. So, on August 9th of uh, 2019, nearly three years ago, um, I was uh, I was working. I, I'll give a little bit of my own history here, since there's a plane going over. So, I was uh, I was in the midst of uh, uh, writing a second book in my life. Um, I uh, just got off a contract in um, Attica, Indiana. In late June and uh, July, I'd been researching and putting together stuff. So anyway, on to the show. Um, August 9th was the release of the Jeffrey Epstein uh, documents and uh, uh, court documents, and it spelled out all the people that had made visits to Epstein Island, all the uh, Leslie Wexner and uh, the Prince Andrew, Bill Richardson, uh Huge names, you know, Bill Clinton, uh, Donald Trump in 1997 uh, appeared on a flight manifest. Uh, of course, at that time, Bill Clinton was actually in in office, and he had visited um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Had been uh, visited uh, Bill Clinton numerous times during his uh, administration. So let's just clarify that, so we can get that out of the way. This isn't about them anyway, really. This is uh, about the other side of the the political divide for the most part, which is uh, uh, ties in the idea that these people were, uh, the, the, you know, it's one big swamp. They were enemy, even though they may pretend to be enemies, they're pretty lockstep with each other in terms of what they want to do. So, uh, that day in particular, uh, I... There was a host of transactions done. Actually, it was a um, there was this filing that was done uh, by Morgan Stanley. Now, Morgan Stanley uh, was uh, they had a, a num these numerous funds. Uh, they were all consolidated together. Uh, one uh, and don't uh, don't hold me hold it against me for not. Uh, it was a fund called New Harvest uh, Number Two. So. Um, You'll find out about it later. 
So as a part of this package, there was a bunch of these new harvest uh, partnerships, uh, capital partnerships, and uh, various uh, motifs. Some were offshore, some were connected to different places. Uh, one had been long-standing. They were all consolidated together. No big deal, right? Not just another Friday in, in the world of high finance uh, filing to the SEC. This had been put together over a course of about a week, too, by the way. It started off at the beginning of the week. It's about a 37-page filing. But anyway, the, 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 the key was is it allowed these particular funding groups to, uh, to uh, I guess, commingle transactions, do some various things. It, it's a very complex little... It's uh, ignoring some um, SEC regulations went off without a hitch. The reason why it's important is that particular um, segment, that new harvest that I'm talking about, was attached to the Dominion uh, patents. It was actually the transaction that happened prior to uh, the ones that involved uh, HSBC and the Royal Bank of Canada that everybody hones in on. But this transaction was actually very important from a legalese standpoint. So there was a transaction uh, that they participate in this particular fund, it's uh, bottom of the hour. So uh, the the legal term for it is nunc in trunk. N I, I, I don't knock me on my Latin. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to pretend to be one. But it means now for then is the the name the meaning of the term. And what it is is it, it uh, the the way it was spelled out in the patents uh, that nunc for trunk, it, now for then, is there was a, the, the, the transfer of the patent had actually occurred at a, a prior date, is what the, the, the legalese of it is. So this was involved, so they were saying that based upon this, that the transaction had happened long, had happened prior, I don't know exactly, uh, according to the documentation I could follow, uh, Supposedly in uh, 2018 is when this supposedly may have occurred, but it got transferred into this uh, Morgan Stanley fund. And you go, well, what the hell does that matter? Doesn't make any difference. Just uh, they were just holding it. Well, they were holding these patents, and they're all tied to Dominion, and it ties to ballot imaging. And there's like 15, maybe 18 total Dominion patents that were held. It's the intellectual property of, of your voting system. And uh, we'll get back to that. There's more to the story there. So this, uh, so this little group had uh, been um, uh, involved in this situation with the, the transfer of the patents. So on September, I think, 18th is when this uh, transaction occurred. And then they transferred the property back to Dominion, either corporation or systems, uh, just they, they, they create the, a lot of times these companies, I mean, what, what do lawyers do? They create companies, they create financial instruments, uh, deeds, whatnot. So a lot of times you see these like shell companies or these shell movements. So it's very difficult to keep up with what the hell's going on. If you're not paying attention, they are, they are defined as different legal entities, but in and of themselves, they, they're just umbrella. It's like an umbrella company operating over the top of, uh, uh, a subsidiary so 
that's what happened. It got transferred into Dominion, and then it gets passed on through. Well, it got passed on through in this particular time by, by a law firm called Kirkland Ellis. Well, Kirkland Ellis is uh, Bill Barr's law firm. He was, they were actually uh, at the White House and at the Department of Justice. They were key, key players there, Kirkland Ellis was. And most people will, you know, say whatever, what doesn't make any difference. Uh, there are some, there were some leftoids out there, I call them, uh, that had put together a cool little diagram of this because, you know, Bill, Bill Barr became the heart of dar darkness to them because he's a neocon. Um, so my supposition here, at least nuanced-wise, is uh, there, was a, there was a transaction that was pulled off in regards to these patents in the election system tied to as a payment or a down payment because there's multiple transactions regarding this little group of uh, run by Morgan Stanley. And I'll get back to that in a second. So they consolidated the stuff, this effort together and it got run through Dominion. And this was in 2019. It gets transferred around. And this is right after in July of 2019, Georgia had just paid Dominion voting systems $100 million, like $109 million for, uh, you know, they got some, they got revenue from Georgia for like 3,000 machines or some shit like that. Whatever. Um, I say that whatever just, just to say. Um, so they were getting installed in the Georgia uh, race. And they, you know, right before, you know, basically a year before the election, um, little do they know. But so you got all these, you got these little transactions, little dates and occurrences of things going on. <clears throat> So the Morgan Stanley guy who signed off on this paperwork on the Friday, it's just typical Friday, uh, is named Levin. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to remember if it was Jeff Levin, but anyway, if it is, it is, I'll, if it's not, but it's Levin. So Mr. Levin, um, so he's working at Morgan Stanley. You say, what well, does that make any difference? Well, uh, as it turns out, his uh, prior um, instances of operation was working as a director for the Carlisle Group. Now, Carlisle Group is a large private in, uh, equity investment, I mean, huge, huge, uh, they're all over the world, but mainly they're over in Asia and they're in New York, and they hire people, bigwigs from uh, prior administrations. Say, for example, uh, see who is off the, t uh, the, they hired the former SEC director, George Herbert Walker Bush worked there, uh, John Majors worked there. They 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 get the top in muckety monks, uh, defense contractors, secretaries of state, like Colin Powell, Madeleine Albright. We're not talking. They 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 they're 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 not talent. They're that their talent is their name. Their talent is to go out and get more business uh, by uh, attaching themselves as to the Carlisle Group. People come to them, you know. They they even manage the Carlisle Group. Even manages uh, manage the Saudi and Saudi Arabian uh, money pit. So very important, key, almost instrumental to uh, instrumental to I guess you could say foreign diplomacy and and all this shit. So so this guy who works for Morgan Stanley happens to be, and he had it wasn't like a, a cup of coffee. He had worked at uh, Carlisle for quite a while. He was a managing director over at Carlisle Group for several years, and now he was working for Morgan Stanley. So Carlisle Group, remember that. So 
we'll, uh, we'll go beyond that now. So you go through the 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 the, the this entity and the some, all these different entities that were packaged up in this was like a dozen dozen entities. Um, and the one just the one entity was assigned to the patent stuff, but all the other entities are, are involved in this too. You know, because now they're sharing transactions. That's what the documentation for the SEC filing was about. It was about co commingling transactions or basically a dollar for dollar, you know, wherever we decide to move it. So one of the guys attached to this, or one of the funds or investment entities or whatever, happened to have a Cayman Island. So so now we got the Cayman Islands involved. So their entity, the, the, the representative that signed off on this, there was like three or four names. Um, that signed off on this, and uh, uh, well, I don't, I forget the name off the top of my head. That's why I said I don't want to get into too much detail here in terms of that. But the point is, is that entity was established in like 2017, 2018, fairly new, just like everything else in in regards to this whole little thing. It's very when it, at that time and when it happened, and these things were fairly new operations meaning they had just been generated. They weren't long-standing entities. They didn't have a history or whatever. We're talking brand-new vehicles to do what needed to be done with this particular situation. May have been already been in the works. Maybe they they like placeholders. But um, So the, the Cayman Island thing, it turns out that there was $144 million, uh, you know, uh, uh, put into this little package. And it goes back to, if I go back to the Morgan records, uh, at least the one document I see, uh, it was attached directly to this uh, Harvest uh, Partnership, um, New Haven New Haven Partners. Uh, it was something like $800 million. So, but it was closed out in 2019. So the, this other entity, and it's the same kind of name, except it says offshore or whatever. It's got a different L, L, LP on it, limited partnership. And I just went through the documentation, make sure you know there was something legitimate there, just to see. So we have money going offshore into an investment vehicle, and it's being you know, funneled through that. Another one of the entities attached to this package went through um, Ireland. And if for, for those out there in the business world, they know about the double Dutch uh, to avoid taxation. Uh, it's a way to to move assets and, and move uh, profits offshore without having to pay any tax liabilities. Um, it's beyond my uh, uh, skill set to know what exactly all those little things. I'm not a tax attorney and I'm not a corporate lawyer. So, anyways, but I do know about it, uh, know about them using this. Because they just based upon where they set it up, they set it up in Ireland. They set it up in one another one was attached to Bermuda. So they're using the the conduit there to to move uh, uh, move uh, money, monetary uh, uh, you know cash and investment around. So I see that as kind of like a holding place. So we're talking about some kind of entity that was uh, put together for that regard. So. Now back to the patents. Okay, so these patents were, uh, uh, like I said, handled by uh, on numerous transactions in between the HSBC and uh, a Royal Bank. Uh, they were handled by Kirkland Ellis. 
And of course, Kirkland Ellis is attached to the law firm that's uh, worked by Bill Barr. So HSBC, of course, has a has a uh, uh, was uh, set up what's called state was set up by uh, set up State Street Capital, which in manages Dominion, which happens to have people that worked for the Carlisle Group uh, on it. So they're again the Carlisle Group is pulled back into this uh, scenario. Bill Barr is greasy as hell. He's always been greasy. He's been a CIA. He was trained in the CIA. He worked for Bush. He was his attorney general before he got to Trump. Whatever. You know, he had a very long history. He uh, set up a opera. He did. A, he was working there when a deal went down between, um, I think, uh, AOL. Well, not AOL. Time between Time Warner and uh, Time Warner and AT and T. And it just so happens that the other side of that deal involved uh, CIA um, director George Tenet, uh, yeah, who was the CIA director for both uh, uh, Bush and Clinton. So just so you know, George uh, Bush, Bush uh, two, not Bush one. So, <clears throat> so we're dealing with the, the high-end monkey-de-mucks, and they're using these little cutouts. Now, why does this have anything to do with the election, and why does it have anything to do with Epstein? Okay. So we fast forward a little bit. Right after the election, there was a, uh, a filing or there was a, uh, you know, a hearing set up for the Pennsylvania in particular. And so Pennsylvania had, you know, uh, it was Kathy Buckvar. Um, as it turned out, the state, the, the secretary of state uh, was uh, being represented by Kirkland Ellis and a couple other firms. Just so happens, you know, even though Barr is technically working in the thing. But the bigger issue was, and this was uh, put out by, um, I can't forget, I forget her name. I know, I, I know what she looks like. I'll have a tweet uh, attached to this later on. So uh, she, uh, she noticed that she, there, was a, there was a lawyer who was being harassed in the suit by Kirkland Ellis in particular, like they were making threats. So another law firm left the, left the scenario. This was in November of 2020. They got scared off, just, just to say that. Very, very peculiar. But that's not the only peculiar thing tied to this case. So Rudy Giuliani, after he, he, he evidently did a massive fail, and, and it just so happened that the, 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 the judge in Pennsylvania released the, released the audio, which is highly unusual. But, of course, the judge is probably a, a Democratic operative or Democratic uh, homer. So whatever, you know, it was a personal vendetta, and he got back at him. A guy named Tony Schaefer, who uh, you would know because he was involved with 9-11, uh, like a whistleblower type. But he was involved with this election because he was, you know, supportive of Trump and he was uh, doing, uh, doing that work for him in some regard. As it turns out, somebody came to him about evidence of uh, votes that were being trucked in from out of state. So, and, and, and literally they had a news conference about this and everything and it was presented well after that tony got a call and he got a call from someone you know who he gets a call from bill barr directly bill barr calls him up just to 
chat uh, to to actually you know warn him off to of this idea of uh, trying to uh, uh, investigate the election. So Bill Barr, the guy who says there, you know, it's all bullshit and everything, while people were obviously substantially being, uh, you know, uh, involved in this and, and trying to discover whether there was any actual evidence to this. See, we're in the midst of a crime. You know, this is a huge crime. This is a crime going on against our nation. So these people were doing what the FBI refused to do because the FBI actually... Uh, later on, they they went after a postal a postal service guy who thought it was interesting, and I think it was tied to Pennsylvania again regarding uh, postmarks on uh, on uh, late ballots because at at one point the Supreme Court did step in our Supreme Court, uh, not the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it was uh, Alito uh, stepped in and and asked for them to segregate uh, segregate the the votes that were involved in the in other words. Anything that was past a certain postmark, segregate those out. Of course, there's no telling if that was actually ever done. But the idea was is saying, you know, if if the ruling of the court later on, uh, in other words, he was trying to save the frame of the the situation. He was trying to uh, freeze it so that, you know, whether they were allowed in or whether they weren't allowed in, they wouldn't be mixed up in the midst. But whatever. So this, uh, the FBI decided to shake that guy down. So you have all these people doing, running around doing these kind of actions. And you have this, uh, like I said, you have these connections. So you got Barr doing this. We know he's, uh, in, uh, by the way, that, that month Fox, and I think it was late, late November, you know, Fox had on the Domin uh, one of their Dominion flacks. I do have a video of that. I'll see if I can find it. <clears throat> Regarding... Uh, you know, he was uh, unconvincing, but, you know, Dominion became very litigious because, you know, obviously they were being accused of uh, flipping and changing votes. And they went after Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and all this other stuff. So, everybody says, so, okay, so how does Jeffrey Epstein tie into this? Okay, well, Jeffrey Epstein ties into this because after the, okay, so Ghislaine Maxwell gets arrested she gets to court and one of the jurors that sits on the jury is a guy, a, a guy from the Carlisle group by the way and evidently he was quite motivated to to uh, express a, 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 a some kind of story or whatever uh, he was trying to uh, he was trying to uh, steer the steer the judgment which is you know very interesting but it was actually trying to get a mistrial for Jis Lane, which evidently the judge didn't go bite into that. But Jis Lane was convicted, I think it was January, early January 2022. And you haven't heard anything about sentencing yet. She hasn't got a sentence. She's in a holding pattern. Of course, you know, we think she's in jail, but who the hell knows? Um, you know, we're told a lot of things. No one's verifying any of this stuff. So Bill Barr, since, since that time frame, is come out and said, you know, all election fraud claims were bullshit. This was the safest and most secure election. That's all lies and bullshit that were spread by the propaganda media. There are people that are still, still, you know, they don't want, they want to stick their head in the sand and say, yep, that's right, that's right. That's nothing, nothing could be uh, uh, further from that truth, their truth or whatever. Because, but 
I guess if they were actually coherent and paying attention now, they might be interested to, to know, you know, because they're such a country is being um, slowly taken apart by by malevolent forces that are sitting that are not elected. Uh, that shouldn't be the administration sitting in office. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have any. I mean, as far as Trump is concerned, does he belong there? You know, that's that's for God him God and everything else to to figure that out. But uh, the point of this is, is if you have people committing massive crimes, they ought to be. You know, <laughs> if you're going to have a country, if you're going to have a rule of law, that has to be that has to be dealt with. And so, oh, and and by the way, the. Uh, one of the the lawyers, the lawyer who the prosecutor on that case happened to be uh, James Comey's uh, daughter, and James Comey happened to be sit on the board of HSBC, which of course is one more uh, dot connector there. So you got all these major people are all connected up uh, up you know into this uh, situation. You got my uh, uh, if I can find this other branch that I'm working on, which was actually the the, the rabbit the uh, the this is something I haven't verified yet. So this uh, this uh, new um, whatever this uh, limited partnership uh, 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 new harvest uh, partnership that was put together. Um, it turns out like there was a passage of uh, passage of patents between them and another group. Um, it's uh, I, I can't think of the name of the group in the patents, and that that entity and, and they don't do very much patent work. The entity was tied back to Texas, um, and a lawyer in Texas, and which was interesting too because the other patents are always handled by like administrative assent assistants and stuff like that. Uh, even like they they're like on the correspondence, but they're not handled by the lawyer themselves. But this one was. And it just so happened that the patent that the it was bundled. It was a package deal. They packaged it with the Dominion. It was, they were d dealing with Dominion stuff, and they were dealing with this uh, other uh, set of patents. And that other set of patents was tied to oil. And so um, I have to dig a little bit further into it to see the, what the patents are, why they they were passed through this. Uh, uh, the outlet is called Gibson. So I'm just trying to bet that further now. On a sidebar issue, which isn't, I haven't been able to fish this out. So, Hunter Biden's laptop. He got all these emails. So, how much, we know he worked, okay. We know he worked with uh, his buddies at Rosemont Seneca Partners, uh, Technology Partners in uh, California to, to get involved with Metabiota. Well, Metabiota was supported by Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs in particular. And people say, well, yeah, Goldman, they're a huge conglomerate and whoop, whoopie do. Well, Morgan Stanley uh, had some people that emailed uh, Hunter Biden on the regular. In those emails, uh, there also the, you you can uh, find uh, emails with mentioning about uh, getting in touch with or having meetings or having interactions with people from the Carlisle Group. So there is some kind of overlap there, uh, but I, it isn't it isn't direct like none of the names I mentioned on uh, like uh, Levin he doesn't appear in there and neither does uh, the Cayman guy or anybody else I did an email search or I, I did a search on it so they didn't appear in those emails if they had 
but the, the problem the problem is is the laptop though ends in early 2019 i've also checked epstein in there too he, he, he isn't mentioned in hunter biden's emails he wasn't that foolish but it just uh, what i'm getting at is is there's there's a network here there's always a network to this stuff it always gets passed through and it can be a and it's also compartmentalized so many of these people you know they they may be involved in this in some way shape or form um and maybe not directly they don't always they they don't they're not they're not out there looking for this stuff they're not looking for who owns what and and checking in on those and doing what what people everybody the reason why people call up people conspiracy theorists is because they're like oh well you know you're just you're just finding random connections and and, and and making large conclusions off those connections. No, I'm just following wherever wherever the the links are and the financials and the, the documentations and and seeing who's there and why are they connected there and then who why are they, I mean I had no idea that I, when I click, clicked back on that uh, particular uh, earlier pat uh, earlier filing or uh, what they call assignments in the patent world. That that was going to I, I, that was the first time I had actually done that. I had spent so much time worrying about HSBC and the Royal Bank, and and, and who they might be involved with, that I overlooked that particular assignment because I also and I didn't I I failed to do a search on the the term what that term meant about assigning it at an earlier date, and that mattered. It was important. It was anytime there's an exception, and then you find out that that group just so happen to have an exception in terms of how they were doing some operations. There's a, and, and it was regarding SEC uh, regulations. You have to start trying to uh, uh, determine why someone did these things. What was the motivation? What was the time? And the timing was very tight to all the things going on with uh, Epstein. And like I said, and then you got the, at the back end of this, you have Carlisle Group messing around with uh, the case of Jislaine uh, uh, Maxwell, and you also have the the Comey uh, Comey's daughter is the prosecutor, so she's trying to uh, they're trying to they're, they're trying to give the appearance of justice without actually uh, uh, fulfilling it. I don't think she's going to get like a heavy sentence, but she hasn't gone to sentencing yet. And then just recently. Uh, there was a news re news report about her being uh, uh, potentially threatened. Someone was potentially wanting to take her out in prison. Interesting. Interesting. They may not be able to work out something. Uh, maybe there's some. Maybe there's some um, friction there, and they're like trying to. Well, obviously, <laughs> they're trying to motivate her to, uh, for whatever reason, to give up something or to uh to shut up or whatever they'll shut her up i mean they can they got her where they want her want her so it'll be very interesting but they can't make it they if they do it this time it'll be too suspicious they'll be like okay you know everybody's dying uh, and oh by the way like the just recently a guy uh, who was attached to clinton's uh bringing in people like uh jeffrey epstein just happened to commit uh a suicide or was suicided by somebody. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is just the level of malevolence here is just these people will do anything to win, and they'll do it. They'll they'll do in anybody to uh, keep their keep it the, that way. 
And like I said, there's a lot of people along the way that are just doing things for money. They don't want to know. They're not, they don't ask too many questions. They just do their job because that's what they get paid to do anyway is just to do a job. So the SEC filing guides, they may not have any they, – they wouldn't have any idea about what, what was going on. They may even be politically neutral or maybe they're – if they are politically interested in what goes on with this stuff, they're, you know, whatever. They don't really pay a lot of attention. They're not paying attention to some patent that Dominion filed uh, – Back in 2019, their job isn't to question, their, their job isn't to even bother with that stuff. So when people blow it off and say, well, you're just being crazy. No, the, the people that are involved in this stuff probably aren't, aren't all that aware of what, what maybe there was something of. But, I, I mean, if I had, I mean, I'll never see $150 million and it doesn't, my, my money doesn't go to the, the Cayman Islands. So it makes you start to wonder what's going on. And why, why is that happening? And to give you a little preview of what I'm talking about with the other part of this is Gibson in uh, Texas. So the lawyer that was involved with that uh, transfer of patents, it was I, the one of them had a reference to Halliburton. Another one had a reference to the, I, I went through his LinkedIn and I, I snippeted out that the fact that he had clerked for a couple of judges. Short term, real short, like two, three months, not too long. But it's down in Texas. It's in, it's in Harrison County. It's Houston, Texas. So I had to see, okay. So the one judge uh, was a Democrat. That was the later one. And the earlier one, though, was appointed by uh, George, uh, George uh, W. Bush in uh, mid or the mid-90s, this one judge. So, you know, that, that was interesting. That's just another data point. The, 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 the part of the reason why that it was interesting to me was that uh, so you got these patents and they were being handled and they were you know handled in Chicago and they're handled in the Morgan Stanley situation was mainly in New York except for the Caymans and the Ireland as I was discussing but then all you got all of a sudden you got this detour with this Gibson situation going off to Texas and I'm thinking well, what's up with Texas and why is that important so the point is that you start get the lay of field, and there may be nothing there. I, like I said, I don't. I, I'm not going to throw that guy's name into this yet. But it was a it was a peculiar uh, little dot, and then you just start seeing how far back or where it could have happened. And like I said, somebody will say, "Well, you only clerked for the guy for a couple months." Yeah, well, life is pretty thin. Uh, you know, when you're starting off as a lawyer, and he's a young lawyer, relatively young. He's been in the business now like a decade. But at that time in 2019, he had just he just got made a full partner. I think just recently, like 2020. So he was on the cusp of getting um, an upgrade in his uh, what he does, and you know, and just the kind of transactions and and that law firm that he was attached to. It just so happens that there was a, a subcategory about their financial services, and one of those financial services was was art loans. So. See, that's what's interesting. Sometimes you learn something. It may be absolutely nothing, but you learn something about uh, a situation. And as we know, art is uh, one of Hunter Biden's uh, key opportunities. Wouldn't it be interesting to find out that the Bidens are using a, a, Bush, a Bush lackey to push uh, art, art through? I mean, well, why, why would that surprise anybody? Um, but it doesn't, I mean, and of course there's other people that are paying attention to this kind of stuff. 
and they're probably uh, thought cuckoo for cocoa puffs about this stuff too so as you can hear it's uh eight o'clock here in west lafayette or maybe you can't <laughs> so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna uh, go ahead with this and i'll upload it upload it and then uh come back and uh i'll probably do a video on it and i'll i'll have some visuals i gotta puzzle that together tonight and then i'm gonna put this to bed and then uh like i said with the links and stuff and everybody will know everything i know about this and what i was dwelling on thanks